Welcome to Here and Now podcast. I'm Heather. And I'm Sophia. We bring you the stories, the heart, and the humor needed for this journey called life. Join us each week to hear the conversations of a mom, that's me, and a daughter, that's me, and the stories of where others hear God's voice as he brings truth, beauty, and good in their lives right now. This is Here and Now Podcast. Welcome back to this week's episode of Here Now Podcast. It's episode 131, and we are back, and we have another guest on this week, but we are so excited to chat with her and can't wait to hear all that she has to say. But first, let's do a little catch-up. Hey, Mom. Hello, Sophia. (laughs) I'm trying to change the way I say that as of the last episode where we were. Hello, Sophia. Hey, Sophia. If you know, you know. (laughs) You know, you know. I'm going to, I'm going to play with that a little bit more so it doesn't sound so <laughs> if not if you don't know what we're talking about go back to last week's episode and listen to the first like 20 minutes as we ramble on well it had your dad laughing when we were re- listening to it on the way to our appointment he was cracking up at us he's like this yeah. is good stuff <laughs> <laughs> honestly I'm like, like job we haven't said anything <laughs> Yeah, that's the problem. Last week's episode was just a bunch of nonsense. It really wasn't. It was such a good episode with so many arrows and everything, which we will kind of unravel in this week's episode as well. But it's kind of funny. I've growing up, I always thought about these people who have radio shows and, you know, before Spotify, before podcasts were a thing, I was like listening to people's radio shows. and I was like kind of jealous. I was like, I want to do that, too. I feel like just having an excuse to just talk and about nothing and even if you're talking with someone and having a conversation, it was always just such a fun thing for me to imagine. And then once I realized podcasts were such a big thing, it was it became really, really fun for me. And I'm having so much more fun. Not that I didn't before, but I'm having so much more fun with podcasting now than when I did it the first two years that I was doing it by myself. But speaking of which... One of the original guests of Here in Our Podcast will be joining us today. Claire Dwyer from (laughs) The Sparrow, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Claire Dwyer, even The Sparrow. The last time she was on, her episode was right around when her book came out, This Present Paradise. And she talked about a saint that I had never heard of before, St. Elizabeth of the Trinity. So if you want to go back and catch up on that episode, we'll link that down in the show notes, because honestly, I forget how long ago that came out. Um, I feel like it might have been in 2020, because yeah, maybe I, I don't remember, but I do know last, oh gosh, was it in 2021 that her book was, I think on the Abiding Podcast, they were using that as one of their Lenten studies or something. So I know it's been a couple of years, right? I mean, yeah. that's how long you've been four years it with is. this podcast? Or yes. Something? So 2023 in August will mark four years that I've been podcasting, which means I am old, which means that I'm about to graduate college because I started it when I was a freshman in college. That is um, unbelievable, right? I just, think about it. I just like, I honestly can't wait to like, once I graduate, I'm going to do this once I graduate and then I'm going to go back and I'm going to listen to some of the old episodes. Sometimes <laughs> I, I, I actually kind of refuse to listen to like my first episode because I was so Awkward. I was like, "Hi, <laughs> welcome." But just to consider the podcast. fact that I'm kidding. <laughs> but consider the fact that you did it and you were not afraid to do it because I don't know. You always had this desire to be a voice. That's that's mm. pretty much the best way I can say it. You just always had a TV shows that were in your high school and middle school days, and I have one in my mind that I remember, and she was a voice 
hiding behind whoever she was, the younger teenager. I don't, you'll probably remember the show. And I remember you. A radio rebel, see? And you loved that. You're like, I want to be that. You know, like she could be somebody she wasn't so easily able to be in front of the world, right? And so she got behind the, the microphone and no screen and yeah. And you know, when I was in middle school and high, well, middle school and probably my freshman year of high school, I was a color commentator for some of the sports. And then I was in a AV class and we did the morning news. I didn't actually get on the screen. I did some of the production stuff behind the scene. So it's no surprise to me that I'm this person who's also doing this, you know, stuff on the screen now and like the AV and I always thought about how fun that would be. I wanted to do a journalism kind of class, but it's just not the way that my world went. No, here we are circling back. (laughs) As we say, and you'll hear all about that on this episode. One thing, I guess we really never talked about this, is that we tend to record the intros after we record the actual podcast. So it's a little bit more real time, but we already know what we're talking about. So, but you guys don't. So go ahead and listen because it's going to be a really, really good episode. I'm really excited for you guys to hear about it. And let's explain why we do that. Partly oh. because when we, if we, because why would you record that after? Well, partly because of just the the dynamics or the sticks of getting a person on to record mm-hmm. with, and then you and I connecting, and then wanting to be more relevant, if you will, because yeah. whatever's yeah. occurring this the week occurring around the date that the show will air, right? Blah blah blah. Yes, so yes. exactly, it's not like we're trying to go backwards and be whatever. It's just the whole nature of editing producing yes. production you try podcasting and let us know how that goes for you. <laughs> <laughs> see if you can I'm do a kidding. different formula yes and speaking of formulas we talked about writing and claire it'll be you're just it's going to be delightful oh yes. it's such a good episode yes yeah, so don't forget to check out the show notes subscribe if you're new here follow us on instagram and enjoy the show we are so excited to welcome back one of our very first guests that we had on the show many, many years ago, because I forget how many years it's been since you've been on the show. But Claire, welcome back to the show. We're so excited to have you. I'm really glad to be here. I don't think I realized that I was one of your first guests. I didn't yes. know that. I'm very really early honored. on. Yeah. 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 Yes. That yes. was Those were in the days when Sophia was um, being so confident as a young early college student who was trying to figure out where she was in her path. And she's like, I'm just going to start a podcast and whoever yeah. comes on. I don't know. She had ter- somebody on Teresa Tomeo. Is that? Who yeah. It? Yes. And she's been doing all the March for Life interviews for EWTN the last you know week or whatever. And I said, Sophia, you had her on too. <laughs> she's, I mean, Sophia's just had some really amazing authors and speakers and, you know, just for some of us, it takes 50 years to figure out who we are. And for some of us, like Sophia, they just dive (laughs) right in and that's so inspiring and awesome. Thank you. Indeed. I want to be Sophia when I grow up sometimes, I say. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Yeah. So Claire, why don't you reintroduce yourself to the audience for any of our new listeners? Thank you. Yeah. Last time I was on, I think my book had just come out, This Present Paradise, A Spiritual Journey with St. Elizabeth of the Trinity. And that was a milestone for me because as a wife and mom of six and now grandmother of life, I have been really busy. Yes. Yeah. I have got a little five-month-old grandson. So that's exciting. But you know, I've always been a writer. I've had a, a writer's heart for a long time and went to Franciscan University and 
and knew that I wanted to do something with writing and sharing the word of God in one capacity or another, but got busy with raising my family. And I did kind of ease my way back into the writing world through blogging and writing articles. And, and then now I work full time for the Avila Foundation, primarily on their website, spiritualdirection.com editing and writing myself and doing all the writing for the organization. But writing a book was a huge deal for me. And it really allowed me to enter more into the whole world of storytelling, the lives of the saints, how they apply to our own. And that so that was great. And it was great to be able to talk to you about that then. I still work for the Avila Foundation. I'm under contract for another book that will someday come out. I don't know when, but the Lord knows, and I've got to be obedient to that call. In the meantime, I've started a new project with a friend of mine in the Catholic publishing world, and we've created an online place for Catholics with a writer's heart to gather, to share not only the writing journey, but our faith journey as well on writethesewords.com and then the praisewriters.com Catholic writing community. So that's my latest venture. I'm definitely busy, but you know, this is God's will. So he makes a way in all things. So when Sophia met you personally, back right before Christmas or Thanksgiving, Sophia, right? And I don't know, I guess something you had shared on Instagram caught my eye. And then, you know, here kind of, she's sending me pictures that she was with you. And of course that what caught my eye is this community and this, the writing storytelling. And I think you were doing some sort of short sort of class that you were working on at the time and remind me what that was and tell us a little bit about that experience. And I I can't remember the name. It's been so many weeks now and (laughs) so many things going on, but that's what caught my eye with you because as a writer, storyteller, right from the heart, and faith and saints. I mean, we have probably a very similar soul in so many things about writing. I can just feel that right now. (laughs) I think so. Uh, Yes. Really about a year ago, a little, even less than a year ago, I started (laughs) feeling called to create a writing course And part of it was prompted by the work that I do both in book length form and shorter article length form, working with authors to develop their manuscripts and get them ready for publication. Or in the case of, you know, spiritualdirection.com, article length pieces and get them ready for publication. And I would often run into writers who seem to be holding back a little bit when it came to their own story and their own perspective and experience. They would want to talk about things and give a lot of amazing information. But but I have learned in part through also copywriting with work, like a lot of all nonfiction writing is in some way persuasive. Whether you're just trying to get people to think about something a different way or see your side of things or believe in something on another level, it's all persuasive writing. And the way into somebody's heart is to tell a story. That is, that's the way we've been wired to receive information and truth and beauty and goodness is through storytelling. That's why Jesus Christ came down from, you know, came down from heaven and he didn't, you know, make pronouncements all the time. Most of the time he was sitting around a fire telling people stories. And so I would encourage these writers, like you tell me why I should care about this by telling me a little bit about yourself. Begin with a story, end with a story, you know, insert something in there of the narrative 
uh, or maybe a saint story it doesn't always have to be about us, but something that in, that will engage the reader. And most often that's a personal account. And the more that I had these conversations, the more I realized that a lot of us, even those gifted and called to write, need the encouragement and the formation around storytelling. What makes a good story? Why is it so important? What elements need to be in a narrative to make it a story? How do you set a scene? How do you involve dialogue? Like all of these things were not necessarily natural, even for somebody that is a writer and and has experience and even a calling. And so I really dove in. I took, I myself took memoir writing courses. I revisited the best of Catholic and Christian memoirs that I could find. I spent about six months really studying the craft of writing, particularly narrative nonfiction and memoir. And I created a six weeks, six week course that I called uh, memoir with a message And I just opened it up to all, particularly Catholics, because that's my worldview. And, you know, that's the perspective that I teach and write from. And I had 30 people join me and it was a blast. Mm -hmm. And we learned so much from each other. And it actually, it was after the first course, because this was a live, these were live meetings. After the first course, I called my friend Mike, who's in Catholic publishing, and I've been working with him as develop developmental editing. And I said, Mike, these people are amazing. They're not going to want this to end after one week. I don't know. Maybe I should start a membership community so we can like continue. And he's like, well, it's funny you say that. That's actually what I've been doing largely for like 10 years. <laughs> I said, really? Anyway, so Mike and I, who is also a Franciscan graduate, have created membership community so that not only the people in the mastermind can continue to collaborate and learn from each other and from the best of Catholic writers, Catholic publishers, Catholic marketers about the whole life of not just writing, but like that's only the first step. As you know, you can write the words, but getting them out into the world is a whole nother. And that world is rapidly changing too. So we want to help people navigate the publishing world, whether that's online, in print, ebook, those kinds mm-hmm. of things. Anyway, that's kind of it in a nutshell. And that and two things first that come to mind is I mentioned when I messaged you, like, I'd love to do this. And you say, well, I, I don't know if it'll come back. And I, I kind of smiled when you then shared that you're doing this. And I read that because- how can you not? This is your heart, right? You're 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 wired to guide writers, and you're a writer, and you want to have that avenue. So I was really thrilled to see that it's taking an, another leg of this journey for you, and not just that little course that you did, but to beyond to go beyond. You know, for a, a writer who's tried to figure out where she belongs in the world, myself for all these years, you know, I was in a community, and it was so helpful to just be with other people who are like minded. You know writing it, being a writer is just such a interesting thing. And I think we all think, what is that even as a job, you know, and you can be a writer, but not be published. You can be a writer and not have a, a platform and whatever. And you mentioned that the world is changing so much. And that's so true, you know, with having social media and having blogs and then blogs went away and then Instagram was your thing. And now Instagram is not really available for writers the way that it used to be. And it, and Facebook, I mean, it's just, everything is constantly evolving. So how do you, how does a writer kind of start or 
launch something when the social media world is a little bit different now than it was in the last 10 years, you know, or how's how it's changed in the last 10 years? What how do you guide somebody to start that process or to even have a platform to be heard? If they're not going to necessarily be a published author, how do they get their words out and how do you guide them? You know, so what's your formula of sorts for that? I think there publishing, is one. right. I don't think there is a formula too much because every writer is individual and every call is individual. And like you said, things are, are shifting so rapidly. Like we were, we just had a guest on who is an owner of a few different community blogs. And Kate was, was talking about, like you mentioned how blogs have changed. They didn't totally go away, but they're more of like a drive-through rather than a dinner table. Mm -hmm. So where they used to be places where people would gather around a post and talk about it and share because social media wasn't as much of a thing. And that was like a gathering place. Now you're lucky if you get one comment, you know, on a post, even if it's well-read because people have a more consumer mentality when it Mm. comes to online writing. It's like, okay, skim, tell me what I need to know. That's great. Swipe next. And so we're not seeing as much engagement, although I don't necessarily think that means there's less readership. I just think people are moving on And if they're going to have conversations, it's not going to be on the blog itself. There's not a community aspect to blogging nearly as much, if at all, than there used to be. That being said, though, I Kate's recommendation, because we actually talked about that on this interview, I said, is blogging dead? And she said, not at all, but it's changed. And it's still the best way to practice your writing. It's still the best way to get your writing out into the world and then see where it can go from there. Um, blogging was the door that opened many opportunities for me. And I did share my blog on Facebook and that's my current employer read it there. Some of the first sites that shared my work, like women of grace, they read it on social media and then invited me to like participate. So for me anyway, and this was really just six years ago or so. So relatively recently, that was, that was very important, but there, but there's different ways to get your work out there. You should certainly be submitting things to online publications. Right. And, and I work for one of them, like authors do submit things still. And if you are a good writer, I'm willing to work with you to get your work out into the world. Anyway, all of this is a, is a really big conversation. And it's one of the reasons why we founded the community, because as things change and as opportunities change and, and more and more, let me just say this too, more and more as writers, we are less dependent on the traditional publishing industry to get our things out into the world. If you want to publish something, whether it's an ebook whether it's you know a print book, a journal, a devotional, it's totally within your power and it's relatively easy to do. So we're less dependent on getting noticed now, although I think that the responsibility still falls on our shoulders to get our words in front of people, even if we are traditionally published, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think about mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because that was that was kind of going to be my next question is I, I have a client base that is primarily people that are creatives, that are authors that want to just get their message out there to people. And I have someone who's like, I have to have 50,000 followers to get published. Like, how does that even make any sense to people if, like you're saying, it's more consumer based? How do they even get the engagement to do that? So are you seeing those kind of trends out there in the publishing world that people are just 
giving up on traditional publishing and and moving more towards self-publishing? And what kind of advice would you have for someone who's really scared by those numbers? Yeah, that's it is it is true that publishers do look for a platform. The Catholic publishing industry is different even than other Christian publishers too. There's there's not a you know this idea of like having an agent to pitch your book to a publisher. That's almost non-existent in the Catholic world. If you don't know somebody in the publishing industry, it's very hard to even get your book in front of a publisher. And many Catholic, I shouldn't say many, I know of prominent Catholic publishers that will not accept unsolicited manuscripts. Hmm. So it's it's harder to get your words in front of a potential traditional publisher, not impossible by any means. But I think, and I know authors and have worked with some that have even had their manuscripts on the desk of a traditional publisher and have taken control back of their project and self-published. And there's many pros and there's many cons to both traditional and self-publishing or a hybrid of both. Mm -hmm. We actually have this gentleman, Mike, in the publishing world who worked for traditional publishers and still does, but also helps people self-publish. He Mike has a really good grasp of both the pros and cons of, of all these different avenues. And he put together a presentation that's available in the community about the current trends in Catholic publishing and some things to keep in mind as you're writing and in, in what, you know, what road might be right for you. A lot of it does depend on your platform. If you already have an avenue to sell your, your book project, you already have a podcast You already have a platform. You already have a wide circle of like-minded people that want to hear from you. You might not even need a traditional publisher. You have a way to sell your own book and that way you can retain all of the rights to it and all of the profit from it. Anyway, there's so many things to consider. I'm sure we don't want to get into the weeds of it now, but in short, the publishing world is changing There's more opportunities for writers and authors than ever before to get their words in front of people that doesn't require you to have 50,000 Instagram followers. And, And here's another thing to keep in mind. If the Lord called you to this, he will make a way. He will make a way. The last interview we did just on Wednesday was with Sarah Dom and she's a writer for Blessed Is She and other different online organizations. And she talked about when she got a no, the Lord gave her a yes in a way like you wouldn't even believe. I won't give it away. But her message to all of us was that the world's no is not God's no. So if he called you to something, he's going to make a way for it to happen. I think Sophia and I had a conversation last year on a podcast episode that was just that God's Yes, yes is a no. Sometimes it's a no. <laughs> yeah. But like yeah. in the world's no, right? Yeah. Like yeah. it's it's not at all what we think. I mean, we Sophie and I laugh a lot because she sometimes is my, you know, what does this does this make sense? Does this say, you know, just as a just is this the message that, you know, I always ask. She she knows this. And this is years of being in the Catholic or in a writing community where I'll say, what are, you, what are you learning from this? What are you getting from this? You know, because I don't want you just to read words because there are a whole bunch of letters pushed together in a paragraph, you know. But I think that what we're we're trying to understand is like sometimes when we write that we we 
put this out there. And so here's this message that I send to her and I ask her if it's on track with where it is. And I think it's junk or I think it doesn't feel like it's what I wanted to say. Turns out to be the thing that connects most with people more than I expected, you know? So it's kind of funny how I, she knows I agonize. This is where I say, I want to be Sophia when I grow up. She's like, mom, just write it, share it, do it. It's good. And then I thought, I, I don't like this. I'm so nervous. You know, that, 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 part that makes you so uncomfortable when you're sharing something that's super vulnerable. And then all of a sudden you're out there and then people run, come back and say, they don't, they don't do it publicly. I think a lot of people come to me privately because I write now lately. It's not a place that I wanted to write from. And that's something that I just shared from our cancer journey a little bit here in this house, that it's not really what I wanted to write about, but man, are we seeing faith in a big, bold way? So it's, you know, I want to write about faith and, you know, suffering and how we still find joy. And, and it's, it's a pretty unbelievable spot to be kind of asked to do those things by God. And I'm being obedient, like you say, and it's where he just keeps opening doors that just blow my mind. Right. And I think that as a writer, it's often, it's just uncomfortable to share things so personally sometimes in these, in these avenues. And then, um, not be sure that it makes sense to people, but when people come back and say, wow, this resonates, that's when, you know, it, it, you know, it's connecting with people and you know, that God maybe has his hand in it a little bit more. Heather, I think that we are very similar. <laughs> I'm also a very reserved person, a private person. I process things internally. I actually think though, it makes us better writers. Mm. I think that, um, highly creative and very sensitive people that we, we have to be that way. And thank goodness for people like Sophia that can push us and propel us out into the world and <laughs> say, no, people need to read this. And we yeah. need, we need all kinds. It's so beautiful how God has designed us to need each other. And that's just a perfect example of the way he's designed us to literally he to lack things, but then he provides the people that have what we don't have. And it's this beautiful you know, orchestra when we all come together, but we do those of us with sensitive hearts that are highly in, internal. It, it, I think the key and what, what you said is that you write something and then people come back to you and say that resonated with me because the be- good and beautiful writing when it's for the public, it takes a story that's an individual story and it allows people to see a universal truth illustrated through the story. Our stories are never about us. They always point to a truth about the Lord and his will and his plan and his love. We it's really, we're the illustration of something beyond us. So a good writer by sharing their story is actually pointing to the Lord. Sometimes it's not even overt, but, but implicitly it's in our message. And if we understand that, I think it makes us better writers and it makes it even more accessible and attractive to our reader. And it's it's thing because if you're writing a story and you're sharing things about yourself, it's always tricky to, and Sophia knows this and other friends that I like, gosh, I'm always writing about myself, but I'm not really writing about myself, right? I mean, I'm sharing stories about our life, like even just this most recent blog post. And then we did our podcast episode, you know, about, 
you know, Sophia and my son, you know, shared their their concern about our life. And then they did a little story and then it shared the GoFundMe for us because of what things were happening related to this heater. And and then it created this little bracelet because we're doing this jewelry that we're making in the shop. And and just all the steps to get there were God was showing how he was there, right? And so I'm writing the story about creating a bracelet. And some people might go, so superficial. There's a bracelet. What are you talking about? Milk and honey. And then how he, it twisted back to two years ago on the exact same day, I wrote an Instagram post about milk and honey. And here God was putting this on my heart and I made a bracelet. And then after I published the Instagram post, prior to doing the bod- podcast, prior to doing the blog post, there, these were all steps that, and God's going, hey, just so you know, two years ago, I already started that plan for you. You know, so it, it's, and I'm thinking people are reading all these things going, what is she talking about? But really it's the whole path and the seeds and how God has been wo- weaving himself through my life, through the bracelets, through the words, through the podcast, the blog posts and the Instagram posts, right? I mean, that's, but it feels so much like you're writing about yourself per se, right? But you're not because it's all about God. I'm going, God did this. I didn't do this. <laughs> I couldn't about- have I couldn't have devised that if I tried. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So true. Think about the Magnificat. Think about the visitation, Mary with Elizabeth. My soul magnifies the Lord. Our stories magnify his goodness and what he does. Who would love to steal our stories from us? Who In whose interest is it to keep us silent about what God has done, Mm -hmm. is doing, and what we're banking our lives on that he will do. The snake. Exactly. <laughs> and we talked about him in this in this Instagram and all the blog posts and the podcast because he's living under my heater, by the way. <laughs> Not really, but you get it. <laughs> he's trying to find right, anything that to distract you, anything to throw you off course. He oh gosh. Well, we won't give him too much radio mm-hmm. time, but but it's true that. He, he, from the beginning, he's tried to insert his voice into this narrative. I'm sorry. We don't have time for that. Like we don't have any time for that. So I think as writers too, we need to identify the voice of the enemy, trying to sneak his way into our lives, trying to tell us to be quiet. Who do you think you are? Who wants to hear this? It's really all about you. I mean, then, because we get to a certain point in the spiritual life, we want to be humble. We don't want it to be about us. That's never our intention, but he tells us it is about us. And so then we want to be quiet and then he wins. Hmm. Yeah. my If there's one thing in my life I want to encourage not only writers, but all of us to know is that your story, your narrative is so important, not only for your healing, but also for understanding your call and your vocation and embracing what only you can do into in the world that knowing that is one of the most powerful tools in the spiritual life, I think. I agree. Uh, she's speaking my my words, right, Sophia? Yes, seriously. I mean, it's really funny. I wanted to go back to what you said earlier. I always, I never really thought that I had the confidence or the ability to motivate people in that way. I always was like the motivator, the go-getter, that kind of thing. Mom was always the peacemaker. That's just like the chill person. 
And it, it's it's funny. It's kind of like a strength and a weakness that we collaborate in that way. Because sometimes I'm like, okay, like, let's go. Like, we can do this and just get her motivated. And then other times, like, she has to calm me down because I move too fast through some things. But it has been such a gift to be able to use that to my advantage in coaching and business coaching and doing things for people and just kind of keeping my life going at this point in my college career. So <laughs> thanks for bringing that to my attention again. I definitely appreciate that. I know mom does too. I'm just like, let me just do it for you. Let me just get it done. And she's like, but I'm not I wouldn't have I'm a blog. Scared. I wouldn't even have a website if it wasn't for Sophia. Just say my words <laughs> were just still hanging on all the notebooks that are laying all over my house. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't have a Sophia. I remember the night I stayed up late trying to figure out how to create a blog. Now, mind you, this is like 10 years after blogs were even a thing because I'm about 10 years behind everybody everywhere. Oh, so am I. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't have Sophia. So I was just like trying to figure out the worst, ugliest thing you've ever seen, but I did it. And you know what? God used it. It didn't have to be perfect. It didn't even have to be great or even good. I just had to do it. And he was like, okay, thank you. Now I can go. Because we do have to cooperate with him and we do have to step out at some point. And he knows us and he knows our limitations and he's not limited by them. So, yeah, it, but it's true. I think I do have a personality where I tend to see everything that could go wrong and it paralyzes me. <laughs> yeah. For the, for the listeners, I'm raising my hand too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well. But thank God for you. And and I know Sophia is going to ask you another question, but before she does that, but you you listen to the call to actually start this community or to be, you know, to bring this community together to do this writing course. And I think the question I would have, um, and for those who are listening, maybe they will want to know too, how do they become part of that? Or is that available to, who is that available to, I guess, is a question that we would want to ask at this point. No, right. I, I actually have a friend who is a spiritual director and she's like, and I was on the phone with her just before we got on and, and she said, you need to tell me about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> tell me a little bit more about this community. I think we need it. And she's like, Heather, we've been telling you for years that you should start one. I'm like, in the midst of all my other stuff. Yes. Right. So Claire, tell us about this community a little bit more Thank and you. how you I can would, be part of it. I would love to do that. Because I would love to welcome Catholics who are are already writers published, whether they have a blog or books or articles, and also people that feel like they might be called to write, but they don't know where to start or they don't have a Sophia in their life to push them into like the writing world. Because, uh, you know, like I said, we are designed to need each other. We were created for community. And I think that for those of us with a call to write, which is in, by definition, a lonely enterprise, it just is. You you can only write by yourself. You know, sometimes they even have calls. We don't do this in our community yet. Maybe someday we will, where you literally log in and I'll just write at the same time. But at least there's somebody on the other side of a screen that's doing the same thing, holding you accountable, encouraging you, like noticing what you're doing because it's such a private thing. Anyway, so the community is for anybody at any stage of the writing journey or even thinking about writing or discerning a call to write. I really, I am a spiritual director myself. I'm in a master's program in spiritual direction, and that has been huge in my understanding of the need for storytelling, narrative, community, all of these things. 
And so even if you're just discerning the call and want somebody to accompany you, want a community to accompany you in that, this would be a place for you. Praisewriters.com is the place that you can go to find out more about the community and sign up. I would invite you to go there first. And if you're on the fence and you're not sure, but you do want to stay in the loop, then writethesewords.com has a sign-up form. And that's where you can receive our newsletter and updates about the community. If you just want to think about it, you know, definitely sign up for the newsletter on writethesewords.com, but praisewriters.com is the online Catholic writing community. And I would love to welcome anybody there who feels like they want somebody to go with them on this journey. <laughs> There's all kinds of God moments in this right now. <laughs> Mom might not know that I'll sign her up after we're done. So <laughs> again, yeah, we'll we have, we're, so thank God for our people, Sophia. <laughs> and it's and it's it's formation, it's information, it's community, it's all of those things. Weekly we have interviews with people in the Catholic writing and publishing and marketing world. Dan Burke, Jenna Gizar, Paul McCusker of Augustine Institute, who literally has written a hundred books. Like none of us could even, I don't know how he writes all the books. I don't even time to read that many books. Heather King, Jenna Gizar, if I, I didn't say her already, Father Boniface Hicks. Like we, and these are just the writers. We also have plans for people like in the publishing world, in the marketing space to help writers learn, like we said, how to get your words out into the world. We need to have Sophia on there. And, and these are live interactive. We're small enough that you can log in and you can ask Dan Burke questions about how he got started writing. And and you can talk to Jenna about how she began Blessed Is She and what makes a great devotional. So this is highly interactive and engaging. And, and I, I, it is my intention. It stays that way. I want this to be a place where people are seen and heard and to the degree that they want to be and, and active participants in their own journey of writing. That's and then we important. also have coaching hours and things like that. There's a lot, you can get on the website and see what, what's all available. And I think that's important based on, you know, our prior conversation before we came on together and talked about communities that we've been both been part of and that smallness in a way, it just allows you not to fall into a sea of just, you know, words and then not know where, you know, how to navigate so much of that and keeping it small to a degree where it makes sense for you as, you know, a person who's creating this community, but to have voices that are accessible to others that have been able to pursue and, and take their gifted and called, you know, charism to be able to get where they need to without those words, right? I mean, I can be a writer all day, but if I'm just sitting here writing in my notebooks, what does that do for for my charism if I'm mm -hmm. meant to write? Right? right, because by definition, that's funny, this was also in our, our last Wednesday interview, by definition, a charism is meant for others. There are people that are called to write and process things that way, but if you have a charism, that's not for you, it's for the church. And so you have to step out in obedience and use that gift to sanctify to sanctify others. It's an act of trust though, isn't it, Heather? Like we put it out into the world. We have no idea what's going to happen. We can only do what we can do. And then it's surprising what God does with it, but he needs our little fish and our little like piece of bread. You know? <laughs> and sometimes that's all we have to give. It's like, here's a crumb. And he's like, great. That's all I need. I just need your yes. And yeah. then I can do miraculous things with it. Exactly. Amen. 
<laughs> and my brain is churning. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> Sophia can see it in my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, Claire, we end every episode by now asking our guests two questions. The first is, how do you see God in your life right now? And the second is, what saint is chasing you this week? This week? Oh, my goodness. Or well, lately. Or lately. <laughs> yeah. That's fine, too. There's no time for God, so it's fine. <laughs> You know, there, there's so many ways I'm thinking about my kids, my grandson and, and the people of my life right now, in particular, his fingerprints are all over this thing that we've been talking about. There is a, there are seasons when you're just kind of stepping out blindly and there are seasons where you know that God is in it right now. He's show he's revealing himself so clearly And I think it's because I need him to do that because it is kind of monumental and huge. So his fingerprints are all over conversations like you with you ladies, with the the people I'm talking to, the people that are joining the community, their enthusiasm. I see the Lord in it. It's really encouraging and inspiring. The saint that is chasing me this week I'll tell you about a saint that I just gave a talk on for the Pray More retreat, which is coming in Lent. It's the Pray More Novenas. People are putting on a a retreat. And I just gave, they asked me to give a talk on a saint or saints that have a devotion to the passion. And I have a daughter named Gemma. And last year she came home from school and she said, I have to do a report on St. Paul of the Cross. Now, neither Gemma nor myself knew anything about St. Paul of the Cross. So she started researching and I was helping her. And we realized that he founded the Passionists and that St. Gemma wanted to be a Passionist, but was denied it and predicted, prophesied that when she died, there would be a Passionist convent that opened in her town of Lucca, Italy, which happened two years after she died. She's now buried in the convent. And I think it was at her beatification or canonization. The Pope said she wasn't a passionist in her life, but she's like their patron saint now. Anyway, so here's St. Paul of the Cross. And my daughter, Gemma, is finding out about her own saint, like through him. I So I gave this talk on St. Paul of the Cross and the passionist. I'm sorry, I'm totally going off. This is not what you, <laughs> what you were looking for. But the passionists have such a devotion to the passion of Christ that they take a fourth vow. They take a vow of poverty, chastity, obedience, and then the vow to proclaim and teach the passion of Jesus Christ. And, you know, St. Teresa of Avila said that there is never a point in our spiritual journey where we get to leave that behind. We never become so holy or so close to God that we don't need to immerse ourselves in the suffering and passion of Jesus Christ and to use that as a starting point to all of our prayer. And so St. Paul of the Cross is saying to me, stay close to Jesus this Lent, stay close to the passion. This is the source of our life. And his story is just kind of motivating me to do that. So here's a commercial too. tune in to pray more, <laughs> pray more re- <laughs> retreat and hear more about that. But I love the saints though, aren't they? And isn't it crazy? I love the question too, because for every season in our life, there's a saint Yep. and usually they're the ones who find us and it's not the other way around. 
So yes. sometimes I think the question should be what saint, yeah, like what saint is tapping you on the shoulder? What yeah, saint that's... is following you around? <laughs> well, that today? would have been what we would have said if you couldn't figure it out. I'm like, well, who's connecting with you right now? Yeah. Yes. So isn't that cool, Sophia? So Saint Gemma is um, when I was convert when I converted to the faith is my saint. My what would you call her? Confirmation. Yes. What? <laughs> Sophia knew. <What? Hill. laughs> yeah. How many people in the world? Like, and and it's actually her. Gemma is my husband's grandmother's name, and so that was and Mary. It's Mary Gemma is the name that I took because Mary, my mother, was born on the Immaculate Conception, was not Catholic, became Catholic, like this whole like beautiful thing. And I just wrote a, I did a little podcast for the Little with Great Love Saint Slackers, and it was on the Immaculate Conception, and it was just so beautiful how from day one in my life, I know that I was Catholic, even though it wasn't until later. And do you know, the first church I ever stepped foot in Catholic church was St. Joe's. My birthday is the feast of St. Joseph, just March 19th. Like God knows these, these fingerprints are everywhere. Um, Nothing is insignificant. It No, right. I mean, and thank God he gives me the power to remember to write these things down. And, you know, I asked somebody one day, in, in this friend who was the spiritual director that we mentioned earlier, she was doing a retreat. Then I met her eight years ago, I guess. And she was doing a morning talk about Jesus. And then the afternoon was about Mary. And I was so frustrated. I'm like, I have no relationship with Mary. That was the point of this little podcast thing that I did. And turns out, well, I've had Mary my life all through. She was weaving all through my life because I went to a girl's school. It was run by the Immaculate Heart of Mary nuns. And then I, you know, all these places in my life where she was there. I mean, it's just kind of funny. It just took, you know, a little 10 foot pole to hit me in the head to see that. Um, But going to your St. Paul too, the proclaiming the passion of Jesus and, and, and thinking about his suffering. Recently, we had a friend and his wife over asking, they were praying with John and I about, you know, through John's situation right before he had started his recent radiation treatment. And one of the things that he had said, which I think a lot of people will say this often, offer up your suffering for somebody else. But, and you may have heard this. And since I'm, you know, always learning, he said, when you're suffering, actually think about specifically God being Jesus being on the cross at that moment and the suffering that he was taking on and your suffering is a gift back to him from that time, 2000 years ago. And when you say it like that, you're, it, it connects to him. Yes. We offer for other people's suffering, but for his, it just, that's proclaiming that passion. It just turned such a light bulb on for me at that moment that I think we we don't th- we think of his suffering in in the stations of the cross and all that through Lent, but to think about that moment and how time doesn't like Sophia said earlier, time for God doesn't really there is no time, right? He's but he can use that and he takes that as you're thinking of him. So that has been what I've done a lot lately with all the struggles we've gone through. That I'm thinking of you. I'm struggling and I I'm I'm struggling not nearly as much as he was hanging from that cross and the way that that journey that he's encountered, you know, I don't think I need to give you my saint because I think I just kind of said it about my saints for this week. (laughs) (laughs) Sophia, do you have a saint? (laughs) Actually? Yeah. So Claire, it's kind of a running joke on the show that I never really know who my saint is, but 
I, I had mentioned St. Thomas Aquinas last week, and it really didn't occur to me until after the fact, like, what he was actually trying to get my attention about. I was like, oh, it's probably because I'm a senior, and I'm just, like, slacking off at school at this point. But actually, it's really not. It's because I was having a conversation with my business coach, and I kind of it kind of hit me. I was like, he was chasing me because he wants me to pursue this education field of what I'm doing. I love my job. I love my career already. And it's such a blessing to be able to say that before I'm even graduating college. But I realized that this service work that I'm giving to other people is not as fulfilling as helping coach them through what they're doing. It's the education part of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't actually think I've ever talked about this on the show either, is that one of my professors at school actually approached me and asked me to consider being a professor after I graduate too. So that is something that is just on my heart and that I'm praying about for God to open the door to to lead me there. So yeah, St. Thomas Aquinas is still my saint for this week. Just so many good things coming very soon. So, Wow. I love that. I love it too. Amazing. I'm just sitting there thinking what I knew about myself when I was a senior in college. <laughs> I wasn't quite in the same place. I'm, I have a great deal of respect for you and Thank for you. Your, the level of self-knowledge. And Heather, I think it says a lot about you, honestly. Hmm. <laughs> I, I'm speechless, which is often not the case. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I didn't know a lot about what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to write, but never even imagined that I would want to write. But I was a teacher and then my husband was going through medical school as a physician assistant school. And so we just, I just kept supporting him along the way as we are doing now. Right. And now it's just showing people which way they need to go. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Educating in a different way. Right. Yeah. 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 Yes. Well, this has been so wonderful, Claire. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I love talking to you. So why don't you quickly share, is there anywhere that people can connect with you besides just praise writers on social media? Yeah. Even the sparrow.com is my website. You can sign up there. Once in a while, I send an email. When- <laughs> <laughs> but that, but that's also the the home of my blog and my writing is usually up on there events coming up that I'll be on. So like the link to the retreats where, wherever I'm speaking online or in person, you can find it there on even the Sparrow. I need to hire Sophia to help me prettify that site because it's <laughs> rudimentary. But anyway, head over there. Spiritualdirection.com is where you'll find me at work at the Avila Foundation. But these days, I would love for you to, to come over to write these words and hang out there. That's my, that's my call to action today. Oh, and use it. our marketing words, right, Sophia? <laughs> yes. <laughs> call to action. I call yes. my action by saying, hey, Sophia. <laughs> and Claire, I also want to say, every time I see a bird, I think, Claire, even the sparrow. So, Oh, you my know, gosh. I love that. It yeah, is I so true. That. I'm, I'm so a true. big bird person, too. Sophia knows. Yes. Well, so. then I, I'll just start singing the Lauren Daigle song where she starts off by saying, like, even the sparrow. I don't know. It just that popped into my head over break. I was like, oh. Claire, oh my gosh. <laughs> so Claire, you get you get you get prayers up a lot from us when the birds fly <laughs> yeah. around here. <laughs> Praying for, for, for Claire now. <laughs> so thank you so much for your time. And it was wonderful for you to share all these gifts. And we'll put all this stuff in the show notes and hopefully some beautiful writers will make their way towards you. I would love that. Yeah. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. And thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode of Here and Now podcast. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.